Hi, and welcome to the Danish Game Changer podcast, the show that follows the journeys from all of the stakeholders and actors that make up the Danish startup universe. I'm your host, James Digby, and every week we share insights and learnings from founders, community leaders, VCs, leading figures from corporate tech giants and the governmental sector to hear the driving forces that would change the game for this evolving ecosystem. In this episode, we're joined by Anas Hoffman Larsen, who has set a goal to complete the first ever Ironman triathlon on the last remaining continent, Antarctica. We get to hear why Anas got the idea in the first place, and what he's doing in preparation for his record-breaking feat next year, and how he's changing the game to do something never achieved before. Enjoy the conversation. Hi everyone, and we're here today with a very special episode of the Denmark Game Changers. I'm here with Anas Hoffman, and he will be doing some fantastic things in this coming year. So rather than me butcher your introduction, Anas, Anas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, James. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Why don't you tell, jump in with the listeners and say what you're up to and, and what you're doing? Yes, so right now I'm uh, doing a project which is called Project Iceman, which is about completing the first ever Ironman triathlon in Antarctica next year. So for those listening, an Ironman triathlon is made up of, I'm guessing, three elements. Yes. There's some cycling in there, Yeah. there's some running in there, Yeah. and there's also some swimming in there, yes. right? I didn't realize that Antarctica had heated swimming pools. Was they that don't. part of it? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have heated swimming <laughs> they pools. Swimming. No. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not. So, so this is something that, that you're, you're looking to do in the nature whilst out there. Yes, exactly. In How did this even come about? Yeah, so it came about around two years ago where I was watching a, a documentary about a, a crazy Danish guy who had this idea of, of jumping off the seven-star hotel in Dubai, Bush Al Arab, yeah. on a kiteboard, which is not really what you know that is made for. But but he <laughs> at was... That's all. <laughs> all, no. For those who know kitesurfing, that's... Usually done on yeah. water, right? Yeah, or at least uh, a little few meters off exactly, the ground. Or exactly, ground, exactly. Level. He's one of the best in the world, so so they can go up to you know 20, 25, 30 meters. Um, the the real pros, right? Really, okay. But uh, this guy, uh, Nick Jacobsen, he is more into um, yeah pushing himself and and pushing the sort of the limits of the sport, and that eventually got him to this big dream of of doing that. And I watched a, a documentary about this where he succeeded with this crazy dream of his, and um, I had. Well, sorry, just to jump in, was that at that point you went, I need to have my own crazy dream? You went to sleep that the, night and went, I've got it. I think it, for me, it represented, you know, he, he's a professional, he wanted, he's one of the best in the world, but instead of focusing on, you know, championships and, and, you know, the world championships, he was more focused on what his own ambitions and own dreams okay. was within the sport. And for me, it, it sort of made me reflect upon the career that I've been going through on, on CBS, uh, doing consulting, where I pretty much did more what other people wanted me perhaps to do uh, and what other people were doing than what I really wanted to do. So before this point, you know, okay, CBS is the Copenhagen Business School. Yeah. You studied there, you got a degree. Um, master's degree, And yeah. then a master's degree. Yeah. Um, that's pretty natural here in Denmark, by yeah. the way, everyone listening. So <laughs> yeah. if you don't have, but no. <laughs> um, so you have your master's degree, and then from that you went straight into consulting. Working I went, with corporates or other companies and helping them do I was, smart things. Uh, actually, I started uh, as a business analyst on my first year of my master's degree. And mm -hmm. then on my second year of my master's degree, I, uh, I actually went into full-time consulting while I was doing my master's. Okay. Because 
I was not really into the masters. I was more doing it for the sake of it. And I really wanted to, I thought consulting was the thing that I was going to do. Um, and then within that year, I realized that was not really what triggered me. Uh, and so yeah. after that, I did what I've been wanting to do for, for many years, which was starting my own company. And mm -hmm. I did that athlete, uh, a training platform, initially focused on, on Ironman triathletes, which is also sort of why I, I got into that space. Was that a passion of yours, looking at the Ironman? Did you did you start off with, let's say, a, a marathon or running or cycling or swimming first or? Actually, uh, I've, I've always been very active, but more during uh, playing soccer and uh, doing weightlifting. Okay. Uh, and, and then I have been doing some triathlon when I was in my late teenage years and, and early 20s, but nothing serious until I always knew I wanted to do the, the Ironman for some reason. Mm -hmm. And I did that in 16, the year before I started my own business. Okay. And, and uh, while I was uh, finishing off my master's degree and I had been working as a consultant, I knew I wanted to start my own business, but I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. So I um, decided to, to, based on five, parameters figure out what I wanted to do and and those five were first of all finding something that I was passionate about yeah. which was sport being active second it was uh, about finding a market niche because usually that's often where you can branch out of out from things yeah. uh, then I wanted to find obviously solve a, a, a specific problem and for me that problem was um, physical trainers often you if you go to three different um, personal trainers you'll get three different programs mm -hmm. and i thought there must be a better way of of doing that yeah. which comes to the to the next point which was really uh, finding doing a premium uh, doing a premium product instead of finding an, uh, an area where you had to compete on price for instance yeah. and then finally uh, combine it with technology and looking back at my Ironman in 2016, I just saw that you you collect so much data through your smartwatch, your GPS watch, which is not really used. Uh, you you can pay a lot of money for, yep. for a personal trainer who will then look through that data. But I thought there must be a way to utilize artificial intelligence in order to make a specific tailored program to your uh, to your yeah to your profile. Was it the technology? that you kind of went first off with, with, with coming to a business? Or was it actually the passion side where you, it, I really want to break this down yeah. and then I got to find the technology that, that kind of makes it better or bigger or more exponential? I was, uh, I started with the passion. I knew okay. I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about because I feel passion is the extra fuel that you need in order to when things don't go as planned or you hit a rough path, that's really what what's going to get you through it and that you have this extra drive of getting there and basically I myself have always I've always been interested in finding out what my potential you know is within the sports how much can yeah. I push myself what what would it take for me to do a sub three hour marathon for instance mm -hmm. um, and I would like to make a platform where you can plot in your personal data uh, your, your, your specific profile your anatomy and all of this and then that tells you okay in order to do a sub three marathon what will it take and yeah. all of this uh, and in that sense, I was actually trying to make a business where the solution is something that I've always been wanting to find. And I think that is, if you can combine the things, uh, passion and and what you're doing with a with a with a startup, I think that's, I think that's that's at least for me the right combination. No, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. If you're able to combine that passion and purpose whilst getting yeah, paid exactly. for it. 
yeah then, <laughs> then i think that's like the holy trinity of exactly. how, how things are so i mean so you took that path um but even you know so i come to visit you today you haven't gone very far in offices have you no 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 you can't not just at all. move the desk yes. to the other side yes, of the room i did so i'm still i'm still <laughs> sitting at the same at my old office here yeah. in vertical strategy yeah so i was lucky enough to stay here with with the athlete and now uh, project iceman uh because during the course of, of um, six months after I had started Athlete, that was when I got the Iceman idea. So it wasn't even with um, Athlete that you, you had Iceman to start with? No. This is something that just came along whilst you were there? Exactly. And, and uh, obviously the Iceman is then focused on doing an Ironman uh, in Antarctica. And I think, you know, mm. because of Athlete, uh, and that was initially focused on Ironman triathletes, uh, my, my mind was in that space. So, so when it came around you know after watching this documentary i thought what could i do within the triathlon sport that instead of looking the conventional way that that both professional and amateur athletes does is the ironman kona world championships that was yep. just this weekend yeah um you know on all levels that's pretty much what people are focusing at and 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 wanting to do well i can also say you know ironman pick a great location yeah yeah kona <laughs> is a beautiful place Definitely. at this time of year most time of the year actually it's yeah. a beautiful place yeah um there's no snow no there's no penguins no there, there's all. no ice no. i mean like it's it's, <laughs> the, heat, the, the heat is the only uh, challenge he, there. maybe humidity yeah, and a bit humidity. of uh, you know going up there with the the altitude exactly bet, you know the, it kind of i can see it fitting in <laughs> and you know so th then again for me it, it blows my mind the fact that you want to take it then to the full other yes. extreme now what really kind of ticks within you is that i've got to do it in a place that no one else has done was uh, it that where you just went i'd like antarctica <laughs> no, so so uh, I looked at you know could I be the first to do something within the sport instead of you know competing against everyone else I would yeah. only be competing against myself my own limits and really push myself, and I thought you know was an Ironman had had an Ironman been completed in all continents, and then I quickly found out that you know the regular continents uh, the six regular continents were all taken the an Ironman you know there were already Ironman races there really yes all over the world. So Antarctica was the only one remaining. And in that sense, Antarctica picked me more than I picked <laughs> Antarctica. So it's not because I love the cold at all or anything. But really, that, that was, you know, that was where I got the initial, you know, crazy idea. Yeah. And then I did, what, as you should always do with crazy ideas, I, I told it to other people. And when I did that, the initial feedback I got was uh, the classic one that, you know, that's not possible. You can't do that. Uh, I had never been to Antarctica before, you know, mm. you couldn't swim this far in ice water, as you mentioned, there's no heated water in, yeah. in Antarctica, right? <laughs> and you couldn't bike there, you know, I was not a professional uh, triathlete, so so why would I be able to do this? And uh, looking back and through my, you know, teenage years and also my early 20s, you know, my, my, my childhood dream was to become a professional soccer player, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody believed that I could, you know, do that uh, and so I didn't pursue that dream of mine and in my early 20s my, my biggest dream was to start my own company but at that time the you know the input was that you, you need an education you need to have something to fall back on a plan B no. so I didn't pursue that until you know after five years at university so you you've already had this kind of process of where you've had people coming to you and saying to you this yeah. is not possible yeah don't do that because of this. Not from their yeah. own experience, no. but just from general consensus or whatever. So throughout the entirety of your life, you've had this kind of element of of doubt or, or kind of seeded sort of, in. Yeah, barriers are limit on possible your shoulders. Yeah. For you to do this, don't bother trying it. Yeah. Uh, what 
point did you then go, actually no? That was when when that was exactly when I talk uh, talked to people about this Iceman idea wow. because you know it just made me reflect on on the input that I got and the people that I got this input from. You know these people they had never been swimming in uh, in yeah. ice water before. They had not even been you know winter bathing. Uh, so so <laughs> <Out in laughs> <Hilgland>. <laughs> yeah, exactly so. right. Uh, they had never been to Antarctica before. They hadn't even completed an Ironman. So why would they be able to tell me whether it was possible yeah. or not? And and for me, it really reflected back again on, on the early days that you often, you know, often people put their perception of what's possible on you without yeah. actually having the foundation on, on, on telling you, you know, what can you do? And, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. don't know what your potential is. And that was really where I got, you know, you, you mentioned it also before that I got the purpose Yeah. Uh, behind the, the Iceman, which is really to show that limitations are perceptions of what we can achieve. Because and as a marketing stunt, it's really up there. I mean, otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen marketing stunts go far, but this yeah. is really pushing it to a whole that other is, level uh, at the same yeah, point, right? <laughs> so again, uh, if I didn't have this uh, personal drive and and purpose behind it, then I would never have gotten into this. Uh, it's really because I want to... It, it's become my opportunity to show that the message that I believe in but also to inspire you know especially the younger generations to not always listen to the inputs that you get from you know your parents your friends or society to be more critical uh, of the input and and knowing that you have to believe more in yourself than anybody else ever will Um, I think that's the thing right so you know of course one should probably take some of those examples and, and take a pinch of salt with it as yeah. well. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's never easy going against everyone that you love no, and no. you care for. But you took it a different way was you listened and yeah. you went through that process yeah. and you, you kind of said, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'll listen to you. Mm. But just to the point where you went, no more yeah. kind of element. Pretty where, much. You know, it, I've, I've tried this. Yes. It's not like I know better already yeah. because then that doesn't make you any better than no, 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 no. in that first place. So going through that process and finding what works for you, what doesn't work for yeah. you. I think it's also a really important thing, especially in, in this day and age, if you liken it to entrepreneurship yes. or if you liken it to, to being an athlete. Yeah. One thing I really want to touch upon is like how closely linked is being an athlete to being an entrepreneur do you feel in that sense for me it's very closely linked because this is a big project it's it's a whole expedition and it, mm. it has become sort of a a startup in itself because i have to you know get funding for the expedition i have to find the right team mm-hmm. uh, i need to do you know content across social media to to gain awareness of of the message and the the the, the project and expedition itself And then the training. So, so there are a lot of aspects that are similar to starting uh, starting your own business. Mm-hmm. In in at least in my project, in general, I think the, the biggest um, similarity between entrepreneurship and being an athlete, especially a professional athlete, is the sort of the mindset that you need mm-hmm. um, and the, the the hours, the hard work, the dedication that it really takes uh, to succeed. And when I talk about mindset, it's not when things are going well. It's really when things are not going according to plan, and you're, you know, the hard times that you will always go through uh, when you're starting a business or when you're trying to become a professional athlete. Yeah, so if you if you look at it, I'm guessing some of these guys have started very very early on in yeah. age, and they've been picked up and said, "You're going to be a star. You have to go through this process and yeah. kind of tick all the boxes." And then they train and train and train um, and kind of get 
to the very level where they can possibly go to. But even then, I'm guessing you're right, they have to also run it as a business as well. Yeah. They have to find the right competition. Exactly. They have to find then the sponsors for that. Definitely. And it's, it's them as an entrepreneur, do you have to kind of build that? What things do you think, say, tech entrepreneurs could learn from, from professional athletes then? Not only the repetition of training and doing things to the very best of the ability, but is it about pushing yourself and what, what is possible or about doing things yeah, to the very top level. Um, yeah, besides, you know, hard work and all this, I, I think it's patience mm-hmm. uh, and believing in yourself and knowing that within tech, uh, as within sports, uh, nothing is it's difficult to build something great over just the course of three or six months. Yeah. It is possible. You have seen examples of that, but I think that they are more the exceptions to it. But really believing in 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 the course and then having patience in order to sort of build up your your uh, backbone within within tech or what, whatever you're doing if it's software or whatever mm-hmm. it takes time for people to um, to adopt it and and really to yeah to build something great um and take it from there. So I think that's also a really good point to kind of take away with. And, uh, you know, they seem like two very different paths yeah. for someone. Yeah. But ultimately, it goes back to that kind of personal mindset. Mm. So going to it, you know, you're told no, you're told this can't happen. And then you kind of just, is it a case of mind over matter now with this? Because you are pushing your body to yeah. the very, very limits. Yeah. Of So again, um, the distance is, of course, it's running, swimming, Cycling. What are the distances? It's a, it's a 3.9 kilometers swimming uh, in ice water and 180 kilometers biking and a marathon in snow. A full marathon. A full marathon, yeah. And so with that in mind, like, how do you even cycle in snow? That is also uh, a big challenge. Uh, I did the northernmost triathlon uh, in Svalbard, Norway, earlier this year in May, yeah. where I completed a half Iceman. And at when I did that, that was 90 kilometers on the bike, and I, ha- I was uh, biking on a, on a mountain bike. And I figured out that was definitely not, for the conditions that were up there, uh, that was 10 to 20 centimeters of snow, it was nearly impossible to, to bike on a mountain bike. Uh, yeah. So the setup there was, was wrong. Uh, so that's one of the things that I'm going to test, or am testing now, in terms of uh, biking on a fat bike, which has... Uh, wider tires so you have a bigger surface to to move forward on because technically it's easy in an Ironman because you've got a road bike yeah. with skinny tires exactly. and everything is aerodynamic yeah. and performing yeah. to the very best that you have in those yes. conditions. You can't take a, a normal triathlon bike and no. say I'm going to stick some fat tires on <laughs> this can put some spikes and then away we go. That's not possible that at all. Work if, if it wasn't straight ice, it would almost be possible just to put on spikes on the tires. Yeah. But uh, in snow, it's it's a completely different sport. Because uh, you don't have the roads for this. No, either. you don't. It, you don't have roads at all for this, no. It's basically, I'm doing this on a glacier, basically. Uh, so there are no uh, there are no roads, there are no people uh, in this place that I'm going to do this. Uh, so it's a completely different set up and and the bike is definitely where there is the biggest difference between what you would usually uh, your gear and and what you can usually do in, in an ironman yeah uh, and and what i um, what i'm capable of in in this environment of course well, so how was that half ironman or half iceman yeah so we're calling it now how how that was <laughs> 
That was uh, that was the toughest day of my life for sure. So far. Yeah, that was that was absolutely horrible. The swim in itself went okay, but it's it's obviously freezing cold, and and I'm wearing a wetsuit that is 5.5 millimeters thick. Okay, so it's almost like a dry suit. Uh, it is a wetsuit. It is yeah, still a wetsuit. It is it is still a wetsuit. So and and eventually, you know, the cold um, gets through the the wetsuit, but mm. that that went okay the the biggest challenge was definitely the the bike ride uh, and and since my my setup wasn't right i, f- I fell more than 40 50 times on the bike uh, yeah. and uh, it didn't go very fast at all it took me seven hours to bike uh, 90 kilometers what were the other kind of times out there with, with someone with the right setup would you say with the right setup uh yeah that's that's a good that's a good question uh it could perhaps take me you know, depending on the conditions and, and the right setup, it could perhaps take me five, six hours. But I don't think it can, it can go much faster than that. O- only if it was not straight ice, but it's not going to be on straight ice. So that's then the realization yeah. coming to you at that point saying this, was this going to be easier or tougher than you thought? This this was tougher than I, than I thought it would be. Uh, you know, my, like my, my... On a scale of like one to a hundred, <laughs> like very hard, like why am I doing this? To like, okay, I'm going to have to train a little bit more. Kind of. uh, I uh, so so there's there are two things that one is that I hadn't actually been training for a half. I'd been training for a quarter, okay. but since other things hadn't been going according to plan, I thought, okay, where can I really push this and show the seriousness of the project, which was to bump it up to to a half, because I knew that when you train for something, it's also so much mental uh, mentally. So I knew I could do it. It was just be down to you know the 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 mindset and really pushing yourself, um, and then. Still, it was uh, on the bike. It was uh, I, I really had you know the thoughts of well, why the hell am I doing this, right? Uh, when you're riding with 11 kilometers per hour, uh, that you usually can run faster. Than, uh, your pace is usually fast on the run, right? It must be and really frustrating for it, you. At it, that point. it definitely was, was frustrating. The and kind of uh, again mind over matter element where it was really frustrating. You kept falling off, and then realizing you you just had the wrong setup. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I knew I couldn't change the setup, uh, but still, I'd, I'd set this goal of, of doing the half, and and I didn't want to quit on that, uh, because we paid a lot of money to, to go there, right? And yeah. and uh, I've gotten a camera crew with me and and polar guides, and it was really, you know, a lot of the things that I do, uh, I like to do, you know, uh, trial and error, right? And and like to really push myself also to the more than sometimes is perhaps um, deemed um, sane, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but really, I knew this was, this was a big mental challenge as, as well. And um, I just knew I had to pull through. And, and since I could continue to, to get up on the bike and, you know, you just, you just, you stop focusing on so much on, on the end big goal, you just divide it down to, to smaller chunks. So you make sub goals instead. Whilst you're doing, whilst I'm doing it, yes. So, so, so on the bike, it was pretty much down to every kilometer. That's uh, how you had to break it down. Yes. So I will do the next kilometer. Yes. So first, it was every fifth kilometer, and then after 25, I realized, you know, how much energy I had been, uh, 
you know, using just on the first 25 and how long I had left. Mm -hmm. And that was the point where I realized, okay, this is not going to be a race. This is going to be survival. So we had to kind of just switch it then from saying, yeah, this, no matter what will be my personal best. Yeah. And I just need to push it to get it done to, to just done. Yes, exactly. And then tick the box. Yeah. So, so that's where, you know, I thought after 25, thought, okay, I still have 65 to go and then I have to run a half marathon, right? And I'd never been doing this before. Mm -hmm. And, and that, just become so unrealistic in your mind. Uh, so instead I've said, okay, first I took every tw fifth kilometer and then down to just every single kilometer and then taking it taking it one, one, one step at a time. And, um, and then in the end, the, 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 the run was just uh, survival. Um, I knew that at that time it was not really, uh, the time wasn't important anymore. Just one foot? In yeah, front one, of the other, yeah, basically, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Were you just done by the run? Like I was, com my my legs were so exhausted after the bike ride. Even before you knew you had to yes. do a half marathon. Yeah, uh, so I, I couldn't even stand up on my bike in the end. So, um, as, yeah, so so it was, it was really just survival uh, on the run, and uh, and you can see on my my finish, my final time was was ten hours and fifty two minutes mm -hmm. uh, for the half. Iceman and my time for the full Ironman I did in Copenhagen was 10 hours and 18 minutes. Okay, so then that's doubled up the time. Yes, um, just on the half. But just for the cold. Yeah, the, the cold, the, the conditions, conditions, especially on the bike. Um, everything within that and, you know, yeah. the Ironman in Copenhagen, no problems, 10 hours. No problem, no. No problems. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a still... lot of air quotes here, people. You can't <laughs> see it, right? But there really is. I mean, like, of course, 10 hours of pushing yourself fully. Yeah is also very, very tough. Yeah. But what we we'll probably do now is we'll take a quick break and maybe after the break, we jump into saying, well, what are the differences and what you can do after? Yeah, let's do that. Brilliant. Okay, and we're back. So right before the break, we sat down and went through, okay, the differences between an Iceman and an Ironman. Mm. And already we know it's 50% more. So even with that in mind, has that stopped you from going, I'm, that's me, I think that's me done. That's a lot of shake, shaking your heads here. De <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not. I, I, I think um, I knew I hadn't, my, my preparations wasn't ideal for this. I had never okay. been, there was a lot of the things, uh, I had never been doing the distances before in, in these conditions and not really tested that much on the, on the bike and the run. So for me, I think it was more a, a, an eye-opener in terms of, okay, what does it really take in order to, to complete the full Iceman? And I just, I got more respect for the challenge that awaits, I think. Okay. So I, I, I didn't really get scared. I just got more um, yeah, respect for, for what awaits. So did you go back and then double up your training, for example, or yeah, look so to see how I can, you can push yourself? I say I, how I can, <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> so definitely looking at how, how you know, how can I prepare my training for this? And and one of the things that I can do is, for instance, I, I found out how how difficult it is to go through snow because the the conjecture in, in snow can change from from one pedal stroke to to the next. Mm -hmm. uh, and where can I? How can I simulate that? And that's in in sand. So so what I can do is I'm I can go to the beach on on my mountain bike or, or fat bike and and train in sand. Uh, and, the, and the same on the run in terms of running in snow versus running in sand. So 
in order to, to simulate and to, you know, running on sand is one thing. Yeah. I think we've all seen how Baywatch goes. <laughs> yeah. That's no problems. But I haven't seen David Hasselhoff or Pammy attempting to ride a bike, fat boy or not, <laughs> no. across the dunes no. to go and save someone. <laughs> I mean, just even the, the, the physicality of it all. And is that the literal representation of, of how you would be? It, it's... When you don't have snow, it's the closest to what you can do in yeah. order to prepare. I think the thing is w- with sand, it's easier to see whether you know uh, how how difficult it's going to get through. It's going to get through uh, in terms of snow because you can't really see how deep it is below. Where usually on a beach, you know, there's not really anything in between the ground. It's just sand, right? Where yeah. and snow, snow is laying on the ground, and that can change. Uh, but apart from that, it is the best way to 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 test that amazing so you know if you're wondering oh no he must be training by the beach we live in copenhagen yeah so now it's turning into autumn going into winter i yeah. think you'll be more conducive to the the weather by the beach in denmark <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everyone's like ah, it'd be easy for him in the sun <laughs> i mean you know it gets colder from it now did, this point. Did, definitely um, i remember definitely. last february we got uh, the seas had frozen over yeah to that point so yeah. you know if you can imagine that people that's how it is here in Denmark it is so cool yeah it's a good place to start from basically Definitely. it is a good place to start um, from. so now you got into this preparation mode I saw earlier in the year you're also then looking to see well is it a case of mind over matter yeah and I saw that you took the ice bucket challenge yeah but reversed it yeah so where people would take for those that don't know the ice bucket challenge that went viral a few years back, you took a bucket of ice water, you put it over your head and yeah. went, that's yes. cold. You said, no, <laughs> how do we change this? And, and what, so tell the listeners what you did. Yes. So, um, obviously one of the biggest challenges is swimming in ice water and that uncomfortable feeling of, of being in ice water. And, uh, I had challenged myself to stay, to see how, how long I could stay in ice water as part of the preparations for the Iceman, because I knew I had to be more comfortable in ice water. So I gave myself the challenge in, in January over the course of seven days to see without a wetsuit, just me and my speedos, how, how much could I, you know, progress my Full time, protection. <laughs> yeah. progress my time in water over seven days. Uh, and I went from from 35 seconds to 11 minutes and 5 seconds. Over 7 Over days. Over 7 days. Did you do it every single day? Or every did you just single go, day. I went yesterday, <laughs> I'll go in tomorrow. Not no, every I, single day. Every single day over the course of 7 days. Uh, there's a YouTube video of it. And um, at that, I, I, I realized here that, you know, I could impos- it's not possible for me to change my physique so much over 7 days. Mm-hmm. It was simply, you know... What, what was going on in my mind and then stay in control of my body in terms of my breathing. And uh, this summer then, uh, I thought of doing a challenge where I invited uh, Danish celebrities into what I then called the Iceman Challenge to yeah. see how long they could stay in ice water to sort of exemplify and support the message of the of the project, limitations mm-hmm. and perceptions, but also then to convey their own uh, message to, to the younger generations to, to make a, a gimmick that was both fun, but also hasn't had an important message. Did it? Ha- you know, did anyone exceed what they thought they would be able to do? Most people really exceeded what they thought they could do. Was uh, there one that was like really super bullish and was like, "I'm going to be here for 15 minutes" and like jumped in and out? Or no, no not really. Okay. Not. I, I think a few of them knew they wanted to stay in a long time. But the challenge is always when you jump in initially in ice water, your body goes into shock, and you're just thinking, "What the hell is going so, on?" So you know, just take me through this. So you just immerse yourself into a 
Og Willy Ben og Frozen Water. Ja. Yeah. Um, uh, 75 kilos of ice and yeah. then water for the rest. Okay. Yeah. So what does you know the body reaction start doing at that point when you when you kind of jump? So in? the initial reaction is that your body goes into a shock because this is just an environment that we are not at all uh, used to. So so the first thing your mind really does is it 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 uh, or your body does it's one it's it starts hyperventilating, trying to get you know um, air inside and then. Your mind just just tells you to get out, uh, you know, as fast as possible, because that's you know when when our body senses danger, oh. it contacts you know our mind, and that's really just you know to get out of it as as fast as possible. And I think you experience it a bit in the in the in the um, ice bucket. You experience it even more if you jump in the ocean when it's ice water, because then you get your head underwater, mm-hmm. and in that sense, it feels even uh, even crazier. The feeling is the sensation is even bigger. So, so the first 15 seconds, uh, 30 seconds is really just survival and, and really trying to focus on, on getting control of your, of your body and your mind and uh, taking deep breaths and getting over the initial shock. And then from there, after the one, two minutes, um, that's where you can start to become a bit more comfortable, more <laughs> observing, more <laughs> observing the experience. But uh, for me, it, it, If you can stay in two minutes, then you can also stay in ten minutes. Okay. So uh, once you hit the two minute mark, yeah, then then I think you can you can take it further. Then from the ten minutes, fifteen minutes, then then your body obviously incre- your body starts to become increasingly colder and colder, uh, and then eventually it's not comfortable anymore. And and and, and I wouldn't recommend people. Uh, you know, the science says that around uh, five to six minutes should be uh, should be great for your body. And and when you go above, it's that six and a half minute mark that's terrible for it. So just be careful, right? And, but but if you go if you go if you go above ten, twelve, fifty minutes, then then the the worst is actually not staying in longer. Eventually, obviously, it will be when you get to more than twenty minutes. Yeah. But but the worst is actually the 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 sort of pain afterwards, because your bo- your body is 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 getting really cold, and so is your blood, and that flows through your body afterwards, which is a not really a comfortable feeling especially if you're not used to it so cold blood then yes. pumping through and yes. then i'm guessing blood returning to the points is also quite painful yeah from- it, it definitely you're you're sort of you, you you can feel especially in your fingers and your, in your toes right. uh, and then it takes a really long time for your body to heat up again if you don't go under a um, warm shower So of course, uh, just a little disclaimer. Anas is uh, qualified for this <laughs> as well. So I mean, a lot of thought and preparation went into the, the challenge. Yeah. If you want to go and check it out, which I think you should, I recommend you do. It is in Danish, but um, check out. The, actually, uh, most of them are in English. Oh, in English. At least I have English subtitles. There you go. <laughs> because we know here in Denmark as well, right? <laughs> yeah. So check out the Iceman Challenge on yeah. YouTube. Um, check it out and see. Um, I, I couldn't quite decide whether I should have a disclaimer of do not try this at home or I think try this at home with moderate and reasonable caution. I think the way you can try it at home is taking a cold shower. That is the the easiest way of, of at least trying some of it because it, it takes, you know, you need, you need a lot of ice in order to do it. Uh, <laughs> yes. or, or do it with other people as, as you did, you said in Helgoland. Go out yeah. to a place where you can, where you can try it out with other people uh, and then... Uh, I mean, two three minutes. That's no problem at all. That's uh, it's good. It's refreshing. It, it keeps you going. But I think uh, the only thing you need to be careful of if if you're having uh, problems with your heart. 
I think that's the only thing that you, you could be... Again, that's the only do not take any medical <laughs> advice from me uh, in general. I think that's <laughs> something we can stay across the board. Yeah. So, But no, with that in mind, you went through this process. And you, yeah. you went through the summer then saying, okay, well, I've done this now and I submerged myself and I did much longer than I thought I could do. Mm. What is the next, next step for you? The next step for me is... Um, right now the the swim and bike tests that i need to do before the iceman in february yeah so the date is set the date is pretty much the the, the expedition is set yeah so we're going to sail from argentina on the 7th of uh, february mm-hmm. and then we're going to return uh, to argentina on the 10th of march so it's a 33 day expedition okay and then we'll leave uh, probably on the 2nd of february from denmark so it's going to be a, a it's going to be a rather long expedition but that is that is set uh, so, my my focus is a hundred percent that it's on the training right now, building yep. uh, building that up, um, uh, and then doing some uh, testing, especially in terms of the bike setup, and uh, also making sure that I can swim the distance in ice water. Will you do another half Iceman between, or some sort of regulated event between now and February? No. Uh, I won't do that. I'll, I'll perhaps I'll I'll test the the, the switch between uh, swim and bike, mm-hmm. because when you've been in ice water that long, your body is really cold, and and I need to get changed myself and jump on the bike, uh, and that is something that that is difficult to know exactly uh, what yeah what happens if you haven't tried it before. Uh, I did. It sounds it, easy, right? Just like it no, sounds go, easy. going swimming and then. Taking your clothes off. It took me. It took me just to put it in things into perspective. Usually, a switch would take me three, five minutes on a regular Ironman ride. It took me twenty-four minutes to get switched uh, to get changed from from the transition from swim to bike in Svalbard. And that's only in Norway. I say only in Norway. That was only um, in Norway. Yeah. I mean, that's tropical yeah. climbs compared to them going <laughs> yeah. to the extremes. So, and and part of the Ironman process is that you cannot have anyone helping you no. you you've got to do every single bit yourself yourself yeah um can you can you stop and do a warm up and kind of you know stick yourself in blankets and just sleep for 10 minutes and uh, i could i can do that yeah so the only thing that would make my time worse but since i'm not really uh, competing on time obviously i want to do it as, as fast as possible well this will be but a world record it, no it, matter what it will no be what. yeah it will be yeah it will be the first ever Ironman in Antarctica. The only ever Ironman. The only ever. Yeah, yeah. There there will be... And the southernmost Ironman ever. And then the coldest Ironman. The coldest, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, so, you know, I hear all these, there's Ironman, and then, you know, you've put the term Iceman, which you kind of made up. What is the difference of then some of these other ones of like Ultraman in between? So why didn't you push yourself to, to that distance and that level? Um, to the ultra, uh, more yeah. ultra. Um, this is pretty ultra, by the way. I'm yeah, not, it is, not just counting it, is, it and yeah. not saying it's not I, ultra I, itself, but for some reason, I was not focused on that. And I know, uh, you know, some of the uh, these ultra things, you, you push your body, uh, you you break down your body uh, slowly. Just you know, for the listeners, so what is an ultra man? Yeah, so that that would be where you know. So, so, it it it's where you do altitudes, a lot of altitudes, for instance, yep. on on the on the bike and the mm-hmm. run, but then the you know the distances are much longer. So you you know some people do a ten time you know a ten time Ironman. 
Right. So they, you know, do the 10 times distance of a regular Ironman. Uh, and that is, uh, and there is also this crazy, he's called the Iron Cowboy in, in the States, James uh, Lawrence, who did 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 days. I, I think I caught that. Yeah. And was that consecutively? That was consecutively in 50 days. He did that. Okay. And, uh, 50 Ironmans. Uh, it, just, it just seems like, you know, again, pushing a human body. Yeah, to physically be able to do that, yeah, seems to be impossible. It is, uh, yeah, it's, How, it's impossible. Nothing. I mean, when you hear his story, he said, you know, he was he wanted to give up after the you know day three, right? There's a long way to go. Forty-seven <laughs> more to yeah. go, but uh, he managed to pull through, and I think to do, yeah. It, 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 it shows how much our bodies are, are, are capable of, uh, but you really need your mind with you in order to make that possible, for sure. Okay, so you know, you're doing some conditioning on the body, you're going to focus on the training now and those elements. Yeah. Are you doing anything for the mind that you will have to go through? Um, what I'm doing for mind are these tests, uh, especially in ice water, where I can really push myself. And, and what I do also is that uh, when I'm out training, often your your monkey brain tries to tell you, you know that you should cut down. Perhaps on the day you don't feel right, but always t- to not take the easy choice when mm-hmm. I'm out training. To focusing on you know that I'm gonna feel great after I've, you know done it anyway, even though I don't feel like it in the moment. Yeah. Also, don't let you know letting externalities um, impact my training. So whether it's raining or not, I go uh, I go training. So if it's raining, I just see it as a you know an extra challenge yeah. to the to the training itself what i'm you know it's not like you're you're training for the ironman in in kona right no, so no, you're no, like, no. oh it's raining today that's not the condition <laughs> exactly. we're gonna have yeah. right <laughs> exactly and um then what i do for for the mental uh, aspect i'm writing a daily journal mm-hmm. so i do that in the morning and, and in the evening before bed and for me that's a way to sort of prime myself in terms of being aware of of of, of my thoughts uh and and my mental state and prime myself for you know for the day and uh, in in a positive way, uh, being proactive about the challenges that I face. That that often you know, if you if if you're not really aware of of your thoughts and uh, the way you um, um, approach things, it it they can turn into a sort of a negative spiral, right? Uh, in terms of looking yeah. at things from a from a positive proactive perspective and uh, being aware of the things that you can take action on and and not focusing on the things that you're not in control of so actually this is a really interesting point that you kind of raised up so you know going into it with with how you prepare yourself on a regular basis not just for this up and coming have you been doing this for when you were studying or when you were in work beforehand or is it a process that you kind of just gradually picked up over time I started doing this two years ago. So that was around the time when I got this idea, but, but when I was starting my own uh, company. Okay. Uh, and I think it was, I, I, I read or saw a video about it and I thought that could perhaps be something that I should do in terms of, you know, being very aware of what I'm doing. And, and especially when you're, I think in general you can use it for anything, but but in, in general, if you if you're starting your own company and and you're facing a lot of challenges all the time, it's good to sort of you yeah. know put a finger in in the ground and being aware. Okay, how should what should I prioritize? What is most important for me and and moving forward? Because yeah. there are a lot of challenges you you get thrown in your face all the time, and if you focus on the small things that are 
that don't have the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. You can sort of waste your time, right? So is that one of the things that you do within your exercises that you kind of kind of clear your mind and say, well, these are the things that I really need to do right now or for this moment, as opposed to going, oh, that, that bit really annoys me, or that bit really annoys me. How does that kind of process work? Uh, so the thing is, I know that I, I can postpone things uh, that, that are things where I challenge my comfort zone because then you become give up excuses for yourself to postpone them, right? The timing is not right, yeah. or perhaps you know next week or when I'm in the right state. But really, to 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 know the importance and and of of these things and that I actually get it done. Uh, for instance, in in this project, it could be you know reaching out to to potential partners to to find sponsorships, right? That's nothing. That's not something that I'm particularly good at you know these cold 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 emails um yeah. i can find that you know that is sort of for me getting outside my comfort zone but there is only one way forward and that's doing it right and and without funding i'm not going to go to antarctica so so yeah. knowing that you know i need to prioritize this i need to do it uh, even though it's not something that I'm particularly fond of. In, in Isn't it crazy? Rather than pick up the phone or send out a cold email, you'd rather run yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or cycle or swim through it's like exactly. frozen that's, waters. It's like, that's, that's how it is. How right? different we are as people, right? It is. Uh, because I'm not the most outgoing person, right? But but uh, in order to, to make it happen, I need to do that as yeah. well. And I think... For me, that is a way of also. Uh, I've I've always wanted to do speak speaker events, for instance, right? But I've always, you know, I have this perfection, you know, mindset that I want to I want to be good at it, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, just you know, you you have to accept that you may suck at first, right? And and the only way to become good at something is doing it. And and yep. you know, I've just come to to realize that in order to become a good speaker, there is only one way forward, and that's doing it. And and face that discomfort, facing that fear. Yep. And and knowing that the reason that I'm you know nervous before I speak or or, or feel uncomfortable uncomfort is because I really wanna uh, perform I really wanna provide mm -hmm. value to the audience yeah. and in that sense look at it from a from that perspective actually thinking of it as a as a good thing mm -hmm. and and seeing it as a way that I also push myself to become better right it's it's a good it's good that I have this. Um, Fear actually, it's because I want to push myself. I want to become better, yeah. and that's really back to you know how do you look at things um, in terms of you know the mindset. And and for me, doing writing a journal has definitely made me more positive and proactive about things. Is it by by being self aware of how you feel and how others potentially could be with you, or is it just all about you? Example. I think it's 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 being more aware of, of yourself, your own thoughts, but obviously also the people around you. Uh, definitely, um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's a mixture of those. Um, it is in general just being more aware and more. Yeah, it sounds weird, but being more objective about the situations that you face, right? Yeah. And knowing what situations are you going into, uh, and and who is sitting in the other seat for instance uh, when i'm you know pitching the, the project to to partners i need to understand okay what are their obje objectives mm -hmm. why should they uh, you know become a part of the uh, the project iceman what are the what do they get out of it uh, i need to put myself in their shoes yeah. and that is really you know the reflection and that can be difficult at times but that's also something that you eventually learn and and 
try to understand from from other people's perspective and 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 you can use that in any part of life right it's, yeah. it's also understanding you know people with a different background than yours come from different side of the world with different um, uh, you know traditions and stuff like this so instead of being so um yeah in denmark we we i think we often you know know better yeah. than everyone else right we know how things should be because we're smart right? <laughs> we're smart right but you know we're 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 only five or six million people right and and so the way that we do things and 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 not the the, the way that things should not necessarily be right uh, right so being more open uh, and and yeah i think in general more more positive at least for me i used to be more did negative you quite, about you say, did you used to be quite negative yeah, and say, I, I, well, I used couldn't to, do this yes or, this person really here has done me wrong and, and i feel so bad for it or I, in focusing on or, the negative things you know complaining i, I used to yeah. complain a lot uh, what do you mean by complaining is it like the weather or like you know my my foot hurts or it could be the weather it could be you know um the lunch at work you know why why mm. you know or, or um, why people know you know complaining about the service and places why people not putting an effort into what they were doing mm-hmm. or something like this um, was that because you felt that you 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 know you could do better or just in general is it because of you as a person you felt that actually I really want to do something to the very best of my ability every single time that includes being uh, having manners that includes you know going out of my way that includes all these other little bits but others just don't care for it and that was frustrating or how did you see that element uh, I think for me when I do something I, I do it a hundred percent I do my best and I think it can be difficult for me to to understand why people when they do something they don't put in you know the hundred percent of their best effort yeah. whether that's in school or in their work or and for me that is that can be uh, difficult to understand uh, but that's also because you know we are different and and we prioritize things in a different way right Mm -hmm. Um, and i've just you know come to realize that you need to you you don't know everything about other people so try to put you know just understand that we are different and uh, and understand people from their um, perspective and and yeah it seems like a great self uh, reflection point that you kind of took upon yourself and said well this is what I need to do and this, these are the elements that, that we will take moving forward yeah. and actually you took then a lot of those uh, the, those energies that you had around this well actually let me turn this around yeah. let me see how I can make this for, for a better push and a better change mm. which then I'm guessing has now led to, to Project Iceman yeah um, it, and the, the date is set so that's February You'll be out there, yeah, um, and you'll be supporting. How can listeners go and support Project Iceman? Is there anything they can do? They can waving from boats or submarines <laughs> on the side, or they can uh, obviously follow the follow the project on on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, and uh, what are the handles so we know? They are they are Project Iceman. <laughs> you just capitalized Project Iceman on, on, the on, on Instagram. It's my personal name, Anders Hoffman, but uh, you can also search for Project Iceman, and it, it will appear. And uh, the way you can support, you, you could uh, buy. Uh, I've made my own journal, uh, the Iceman Journal, that okay. you can purchase. Where the proceeds of that goes to, the, to funding the project. And what does the journal do? Does it just give you a date, and or, or is that so, so the journal is pretty much on... a? Um, 
what's the name of it? Uh, sort of a template mm-hmm. for for so you answer three questions in the morning and three questions in the evening, and that's sort of the the formula that I've been following over the past, uh, yeah, two years pretty much. I then changed some things for for my own journal compared to what I've been doing before, but you basically start off the day with a quote or a daily challenge. Then you write three, th- three things that you're grateful for, three things that you would like to accomplish on the day, and then an affirmation, which is pretty much what do we tell ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. like what we say to ourselves in the mirror, just written down. I think that's really powerful in terms of, um, you know, subconsciously. So just getting the thoughts out of the mind onto paper, that's the very start of the day, then yes. allows you then to kind of have that as a, as a kind of thinking point to refer yeah, so, back so to? Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's sort of to, to realize, okay, um, you know, being thankful, you know, writing down what you're grateful for is just to put your mind in a positive state when oh. you start the day uh, and, and a humble uh, state as well. Then writing, you know, what would actually make your day good so you know exactly, okay, what, what could I do today that would, that would make my day great? And then in the end, you know, what you, pretty much what you tell yourself, whether you want to be, you know, that I'm happy and strong and confident in, in what I'm doing, which that, is pretty much the reinforcement effect. That, you know, from the outside, that could seem, you know, that seems pretty cheesy that I have to write that to it, put it, it down. Yeah, exactly. But what are it the does. benefits of that? The benefits really for me are the, actually sometimes you forget that the things that we should be most, the things that we take most for, most, most for granted are the things that we should be most grateful for. Right. We often forget, you know, the basic things that, that we have, at least in the Western society here mm-hmm. in Denmark, that we have, you know, when our life is not threatened in any sense, right? Um, and I think we have so much to be grateful for that we often forget in today's society. And just having that in mind, yeah. I think is really powerful. And then for me, being aware of what I tell myself, you know, we say that that you become what you eat. I also think that you become what you what you say to yourself. So, yeah. you know, being aware of what are, what are your thoughts in your mind? Is it that you're, you know, that I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, you know, uh, I'm not good enough and I can't do that. And I think it's, 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 if we tell ourselves that in the mind, that is also what we become. That's why I think it's really powerful to write down, you know, that I'm confident. I have, I have the, you know, the potential and the ability to achieve what it is I want to do. So no matter uh, so, what anyone else is saying to you, exactly, you have to be the one that that says what you believe in yeah. each and every time. Yes. And so actually having that. So this journal isn't for anyone that is then just wanting to run an ice marathon. No, no, marathon definitely not. It's or for any professional athlete. Yes. Uh, it's actually for someone that is starting a new business or someone that just wants to find clarity in exactly. themselves and, and what they're doing. Yeah. And I think as the exercise goes, I think it goes across the board yeah. that allows people so to be more mindful, yeah. not only in their actions, but also reflecting on how other people are exactly. and what they've done as well, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's also a great way of, of seeing to look and also going back to that, that physical, tactile pen and paper version. Yeah. Or yeah, true, you can exactly. do like the yeah. exclusive yeah. digital version. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, but uh, definitely uh, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the whole point that it is not only if you're doing you know, physical challenges, it's, it's for pretty much everyone to do. And it, it's... And it is, this whole mindfulness is just an, an healthy exercise and that is a way to do that, right? And as you say, it's really, because in the evening, then you answer uh, three other questions, which is uh, three things that were great about your day. So whether you know you felt you had a bad day, mm-hmm. you still have to focus on the positive things. Right. 
what you learned or were uh, were reminder reminded of you have to, you're surprised of how often you have to remind yourself of things yeah. right and then in the end how you can make your tomorrow better for yourself for other people and i think the whole reflection part is uh, is really a great exercise to actually be aware of okay what can i take yeah. out of this day and and you know when you've written all this down you can also always go back and see okay so where 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 um, where was I, you know, two years ago? Yeah. Uh, and you can actually see how, how far you've come uh, and how, how far you've progressed, right? And So uh, the kind of the reflections on reality yeah. are also sometimes different. So by, by being able to go back through it and actually run through the motion after the fact, by having a process in place, can yeah. also maybe give you a different perspective on what that situation was. Yes. So you can also see... As with everything, right? You go, ah, I could have done that differently otherwise. But yeah. this gives you an opportunity then to kind of reflect upon that and say, well, let me think about that next time and start off with a better mindset. Yeah, exactly. So again, mind over matter with this. Um, it really is. And I think, you know, and it's, it's been a fantastic session yeah. and you know, really, really inspiring to see and also hear how you're able then to each and every time take that mind over matter element and put it into action. Yeah. So, so guys and girls, I suggest that you do take a look at Project Heisman. Been a fascinating session, um, as you would agree. But uh, support with getting the journal and donating to a great, great cause. Yeah. And thank you again for the time thank today. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we look pleasure. forward to, to seeing the results in uh, <laughs> in February and me March. Me too. All right. <laughs> Thanks again to Anas for sharing his story. You can follow his exploits again at projecticeman.com and cheer him on during his expedition. If you're still here, thanks for listening. Please take a moment to rate and let others know what you thought about this podcast. If you'd like to join our online community and continue the conversation, you can follow us at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Startup42. Until next time, I'm James Digby, and you've been listening to the Danish Game Changers podcast by Startup42 Media.